your one stop for exclusive interviews. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback commit Cooper Wilcox. Cooper, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Man, really, the culture that the coaches show as soon as you walk in the doors, they make you feel like your family. They make it feel like a, a healthy environment to come and play football. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma senior H-back Dante McGee. Dante, thank you for taking time this morning to talk to me. This is honestly a once-a-lifetime thing, you know. Usually you get your five years and you're done, but you know, you get an extra year of play. I was like, you know what, I, I want to come back. I want to spend another year with these guys. Game press conferences. I didn't really like my first read, so I was just went to playmaker mode. Game previews, recaps, brought to you by me, your host, JG Smooth. You're listening to The Cho Show, only on the Suave Report. Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choso Podcast presented by SwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I know it has been over a week since the last episode that was the Shining Day special. I appreciate all the support on that. I know that's at over 110 views and counting over there on the YouTube channel. Uh, and then also did very well here on Spotify. So I appreciate that. I know things have been slower this season, this time, this year than it was last year. Uh, we just we just talked to so many guys last year now, uh, but I have been reaching out to a few more, see if we can get some on. I'll probably be reaching back out to some of the coaches again here, uh, bring them on again in the near future. We'll also be trying to get some basketball players. I know. Uh, some of you have reached out to me, and I appreciate those that do. Again, the contact information, the official Choso Gmail it, uh, it is below. Um, I have reached out to some of those guys. I just, it's just, it's just a time thing because they're in the middle of the season, and uh, the men's basketball team unfortunately fell to Northwest Missouri there, so they finished second in the conference in the regular season. Uh, but again, another great season there by head coach Bob Hoffman and his and his staff. So definitely uh, come the basketball offseason, I'm going to be trying to get some of those guys on there and I'm going to make more of an effort to get some baseball players uh, and softball players on too as, uh, as, as, as well. So just know you do have some content coming. It's just not going to be it, – it, it might not be in the sheer volume – uh, as it was last year, just because for one, I don't have as much time as I did last year, uh, and we pretty much <laughs> I talked to the whole talked to the whole roster last year too. So, uh, but we, we but uh, we we are back here because we have um we have a a a player perhaps one uh, of the better receivers on the team. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead. And bring on my guest now. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma wide receiver Jacob Dell. So, Jacob, thank you for taking time this evening to come on and talk to me. Uh, could you start by telling the viewers and listeners out there a little bit about yourself? <clears throat> All right. So, um, I'm Jacob Delso. I'm originally from Omogie, Oklahoma. I was born in Tulsa. Um, I grew up playing football basically all my life. Played four sports in high school and uh, out of high school. I uh, attended Eastern Michigan and played for my first two seasons there and then transferred to UCO and going on my second semester here. 
Uh, now you you mentioned you 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 started your your uh, high school career at at Omugi. Now I have relatives that live in Bags. I know Omugi Bags is a big rivalry. So for those that maybe not be not first of all might not even be aware of Omugi and or Bags, what is that rivalry like? Um, I don't know. It's pretty. It's a pretty good rivalry because. I wouldn't say for football aspect. I hate to say this because they they beat us every time, but <laughs> it's pretty good, man. But uh, not I would say the ba- the basketball rivalry is like the big thing because in the county tournament, it seems to either be Omogi and Preston in the championship, or Omogi and Beggs, or Beggs and Preston, and that's where it originally like is from, and it's basically. A rivalry just because of the fact that it feels like Bags is another extension of Almogi. I low key wish that they would put the schools together because it'd be crazy then when I was there. Yeah, and even 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 now, I just just trying to lopsided rivalry. Hey, hey, we're we're good like the first half, and then after that, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, uh, so you ended up being the starting quarterback there as a sophomore. You threw for over 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns, and then almost ran for another 1,000 with eight touchdowns. So being being the quarterback, obviously, that comes with a lot of, a lot of uh, pressure and responsibility, and especially as just a sophomore. So how were you kind of able to uh, handle that? Um, well, honestly, like even when I was in middle school, like, I knew I was going to start as a freshman because I started as a freshman, but literally eight plays into my first varsity game, um, I ended up breaking my foot and I was out the whole season. And so just, I don't know, just me playing football like all my life, it really wasn't any pressure, especially the fact that when I was in Little League, I used to play up a grade. And so it just kind of made it normal for me. But I don't know. Football is just a lot of fun, and it really came natural to me. I mean, especially, like, being quarterback, I had the best arm around where we're from. And so my dad was like, you're going to play quarterback, and that's that. So I had no choice, honestly. <laughs> now, what, I guess what, what was the toughest part about being a quarterback? I would say the toughest part for me was reading coverages. Cause <clears throat> if you want me to be honest, I really didn't even learn how to read coverages until I got to Shakota my senior year. So before that, I had really good receivers and like he was like my best friend. And literally I'll just take my three-step drop and throw it up to him. And I was I was pretty good, pretty accurate at throwing the football. So I don't know. It just wasn't that hard to me at the time. But definitely learning coverages and being able to like manipulate it then that was the hardest part for me so so, so what we're saying here that's so what we're saying is you you were essentially out there winging it and, and, and we're putting up almost over 2500 combined yards and 26 touchdowns and you was out there winging it i mean is, is would, that what i'm getting here i mean i would just say it's chemistry because we all grew up playing together and yeah honestly like if you look at anyone's tape, then it's my boy. Shout out my man, Trivion Skinner. That was my boy. I used to just throw it up to him and he'd go get it. So. <laughs> okay. I, I, I was going to say, I, <laughs> you, you and Steph are the only two people I see, I've talked to, that have played quarterback that have admitted to winging it and somehow putting up impressive numbers. So I, I just, okay. Okay. Um, well, that. <laughs> Now, 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 
that you you mentioned you 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 broke your foot as a as a freshman fairly early into the season. So kind of what was that what was that experience? What was that recovery period like? And that that came out of nowhere because before that I had like never had like a major injury and like had to sit out games or anything like that. And it was kind of like a freak deal. Like literally we were driving and this was like my first varsity drive and I started feeling the rhythm. And then I broke off for a big run and tried to spin out of a tackle and like three dudes tackled me. Well, I guess my foot got wrapped around and ended up breaking like three bones in my foot completely. And, uh, I don't know, it just shocked me. And the recovery process was really, I went to a doctor in Tulsa and they did a thing like where they put K-wire like in your bones. It was a new thing at the time. And within two months of that surgery, like I was able to start walking again and it took about four months to heal. And since I went to Omogi, like we really didn't have like a rehab and like stuff like that at the time. And so I kind of just let it heal on its own and then went back to playing basketball and like ran with the limp for a while. And then by the time track season came around, I was back to normal and my foot was actually stronger than before. So I don't know. It's just the kind of thing that it healed on its own. Uh, and then after your sophomore year is when you go to Shakota and you play your junior year as a wide receiver. So, for, so first I should ask, what was that? transition like moving from Omuggy to Shakota? Um it was hard because honestly like at the time um my sophomore year my uh my dad he was gone the whole year because he went overseas he's in the military and uh when he came back I, he had bought some land in Shakota and he told us like we were just gonna move there and honestly I wasn't for it at the time because like all my friends were there and we were we had a really good basketball season and track and so I was originally just going to drive from Shakota back to Omogi and then my it would just would have been too much. And my friends were a grade above me. And once they graduated, it would have just been me and it would have been bad from there. So I just decided to just go through with it. And I had some friends at Shakota already. And when I got there, it was just uh, they already knew what type of athlete I was. And so. That that's why I was okay with the move after a while, but trust me, at first I was not a big fan of it. And 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 how long would you say it took you to really get comfortable up there? Um, honest, honestly, when I got there, I would say probably like that first month, maybe I would say like two or three weeks because learning the playbook was different. And I when I got there, they already had a good quarterback and. My daddy like wanted me to try to like win this the job or whatever, but at the time I had like told my mom I was like I think it'd be a good idea if like I just played receiver for him because like I can catch very natural and I was pretty fast and so at the time I was like yeah I think this would be the best move and they put me at corner too and so I finally just got to be like a real athlete like I had always wanted to be instead of just being like a quarterback and it it worked out. Now, I, I, I read doing during my research here that you actually watch YouTube videos to help yourself become a better receiver. So now, what, I mean, who, is there anybody specifically that you were watching? Were you just watching a bunch of different receivers taking bits and pieces from every every person? How did you kind of go about choosing who you were watching? Um. So the 
the one that I started watching at the time was when Jerry Judy was snapping off at Alabama and I was watching how he ran routes and I don't run routes like him. I'm not saying that, but I, I took a, I like put a lot of game for my game resembles his in a way when I was learning it. And then also like Odell Beckham, of course, because at the time he was hot and I like to go for dudes that are like similar to my, like my body type, my height and stuff, just so it like makes more sense. And that's really like, – I learned how to run routes because of Jerry Judy, and I admit that. And, and how long, I guess, did it take you to really feel comfortable being a wide receiver? Um, I want to say the, the, third, the third game of my season because um, at first it was um, a little shaky. But, like, I would catch everything that, like, hit my hands. I had my first touchdown in my first game, and it was a post. And after that, I kind of felt it. And second game, I got bracketed, so I didn't get the ball much. And then third game, we played our rival, Ufala. And I ended up having a big game that week. And after that, it was just kind of wraps. I just got in the zone, and I stayed in it. And, and from being a quarterback, it just seems like for the primary of your playing career up until that point, how did that kind of understanding uh, about, even though you said you couldn't, you didn't really learn coverages and, and, until later on, but like what, what did your understanding of being a quarterback, did that, how did that help you in your move to wide receiver? Um, it helped because I was able to read like when they were in man and when they were in zone or like what they were wanting to try and stop against us and especially when I got to Shakota because I started watching a lot of film and when I started watching a lot of film it was easier to break the game down and it made the game just easier for me and plus like as a like the receiver standpoint uh when I was playing quarterback it's like if I know he's going to catch everything that I throw to him and I know he's going to be open then of course they'll want to throw you the ball more and it just made everything easier uh, and so after junior season, which you had 56 catches from 941 yards and 11 touchdowns, you somehow in, you get moved back to quarterback as a senior. So now how do we go from being an extremely good receiver to now being back at quarterback? Um, Honestly, just like being an athlete, because my sophomore year, like that was the first time that I, I was running like that, like um, doing read options and just like, making a few, making people miss and then taking it to the crib. And when I knew, when my senior year came around, I was much bigger too. I finally like hit my last like growth spurt. I was like six foot, one, 180, 175. And I was moving really fast at the time. And my arms had got stronger because I started to actually work out a little bit. And uh, at Shakota, like they would let us just do our workouts together and us working out together, kind of like how we do at UCO just made everything click easier and with my um my coach my uh, offensive coordinator he's a really smart dude and like he would have me sit in a classroom and like watch film and like go over stuff and my senior year I was ready to go before the season even started now you mentioned being able to run around now I, I'm sure you probably put your tape together that first play I, I I mean, were we were we trying to harness Bo Jackson and Tecmo Bowl? Like, what what was that? Are you just running back and forth, coming up back and forth? I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, where is this going? He's running around an awful lot. There's no ground. He's going for it. He's going back. Then I see you launch it, and then this is a touchdown. So, 
how did you extend the play for that long? <laughs> Man, uh, honestly, so like senior year, that was that was my first playoff game uh, of my whole high school career. And um, it was like third and like 15 and I rolled to the right. Nobody was open and I just rolled back to the left and I seen the big boys. I'm not going to lie. And three, eight could not tackle me. And I about broke dude's ankle on that play. And I went back left. There was still nobody open, rolled back. And I seen my tight end in the end zone and I just launched it. And I don't know, that play was probably one of my funnest, funnest plays that I've had. Cause it was just such a big moment for me. Cause I'm playing at home in Shakota in front of all of my family and friends. And it just meant a lot just to really ball out too. Cause I didn't even have my running back at the time. And so I had to do it. I had to make a play. That's all I was going to say. That okay. Now I have to ask that when, when that, when that film session came, I obviously it was a touchdown. So they couldn't be too mad at the result, but like they, they could, they couldn't be happy with you kind of just running around for like 30 seconds. Back there. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be honest, uh, my coaches, my senior year, they let me do whatever I did. As long as I wasn't fumbling or getting negative yards, they could care less. And they'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> I will say, I will say when I was when I was watching it and uh, I, I was like, OK, th- this man has some jets here that uh, I was not aware of because I did. It was- <laughs> I was like, this man was taking off this separation. I'm like, okay, I know it's three A, but like, th- this is this is uh, this is this is different. So, I mean, you had over three thousand yards of offense, thirty touchdowns. I mean, with like, and then you also was a defensive back. That now, you you had. I want to make sure this is an accurate number because I saw the number, and I'm like, this is an awful lot of breakups. You had twenty eight. Yeah, they would. Um, they because they put me at uh safety my senior year, and so they would like try to throw like do some draws and throw it to tight ends and stuff like that. And since I watched so much film, like I was on it. And plus, like when you play safety and I'm like the last person, it's it's kind of easier because I can help. And at the time, I will say like you're talking about my speed. I honestly do think I was faster my senior year than. I currently am, but trust me, I'm working on it. But yeah, I was I was a ball hawk and safety came easy to me because just like quarterback, I grew up playing safety too. So yeah. I mean, I, I, but but that but 28? Like I wanted to realize that's a I mean that's uh you know, I could see that's a career number. That's one season, and then you had six picks, 91 <laughs> tackles. Two force fumbles. I don't even know the know the the return yardage. Uh, so how how were you how were you able to like pace yourself, man? Because like some of those offensive plays, uh, I, I had to exert a lot of energy. Yeah. Obviously, making not, not making ninety one tackles would exert a lot of energy. So how 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 were you able to kind of keep up your stamina and keep your energy level up, doing as much as you did? Um, I would say I would say that comes from uh playing at Omogi because uh, like my sophomore year, I played quarterback. So I took all the quarterback snaps at the time I played corner and in Omogi, we played press the whole game. So like you had, plus like, I'm not going to let anyone, I'm so competitive. I'm not just going to let them beat me. And that's really what it came from. And then like senior year, um, 
I was in the in the best shape of my life. I probably weighed like like I said, like 175, 180. But at the time, I really wasn't strong, but I could run. And that was the thing. I could run all day. Just I don't know, just growing up where the small schools, like I played four sports in the uh summer. I played competitive baseball and played AAU on top of like doing summer workouts. And I don't know, just kind of made me have that endurance for it, honestly. So, so when did you rest? <laughs> like, like yeah. when did you get to cover sometime? Hey, hey, I'll just say the the weekends were my rest, and my dad used to get he like would get mad at me because on the weekends I would just play the game all day with my friends, and that was my rest day was the weekends and stuff like that. So, when you look back on your high school career, both at Omuggy, both at Shakota, what 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 kind of sticks out to you most about your career? Um, I would say it it would probably just have to be my senior football season, just because like the fact that I went back to quarterback and people didn't know what was going to happen, and we ended up going. I think it was like nine and three. We went nine and, or yeah, I think it was like eight and two in regular season. And uh, made it to the playoffs and hosted playoffs for the first time in a long time. And it was just special to me because I had a really good year on top of moving schools because, you know, sometimes that transition isn't easy for people. And uh, I was just glad that everything worked out the way it did. Now, you, you ended up being a three-star recruit by 24-7 sports. You were the 25th on the Oklahoma Super 30. Now, I, I, I have to ask this question because obviously – if you're born in Tulsa, right? You you been in Oklahoma. How does an Oklahoma kid? I know you weren't the only one, but how does an Oklahoma kid end up in what is it, Upsilani, Michigan? Like, it, well, I it, mean, how we? I mean, that's a vast difference. So, I mean, yeah. what 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 was the what was the recruiting process like, and what was it about Eastern Michigan? I'm assuming it was the Great Turf, but aside from that, what was it about Eastern Michigan that sold you on? Um, it it was definitely the brotherhood because, uh, like there was only two other dudes from Oklahoma there. But when I went on my visit, that was like my I think like my first official visit. And, uh, they just re- really made me feel like family. And I know you get that a lot. Like when people talk about why they picked a school, but that was really the big thing because they were all close. And that's what I like, because I know like coaches, like they come and go and, but the thing is, is, as long as you have, like, good teammates that are going to be there, then it makes the, the journey easier, if that makes sense. And that's why I picked it. It wasn't because uh, they were the D1 school or whatever that wanted me the most. It was just the fact that I knew I would have a chance to at least compete there and play and be with people that actually care about me when it comes to uh, the teammate standpoint. So, so, so. The great turf had like no impact. I mean, yeah, I mean that had to be sort of a selling point. Now, I mean, they're the only one with the great turf. Or that had to be no. Nah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah, they did. They definitely had. So originally, I had uh, visited K State before that, and when I went to Eastern, they basically had the same, if not better, facilities than Kansas State did at the time because they had just made that brand new uh, facility. And then plus, like, the, the turf is nice. People hate on the turf, but I actually like it. It's different, and I don't know. The film on it looks nice. Well, that, turf is, that turf is so nice, though. Like, it, like, it, like, even just watching it, I'm like, that's a 
Like that gray is very underrated. Like that that is a that is a nice looking turf. And like you said, they but they built that new uh facility and they got the new scoreboard. I was like, okay, okay, because yeah. like back in NCAA 10, 11, 12, mm-hmm. that was the go-to dynasty team, and I remember, but like man, they really up they up the game up there. Okay. Um yeah. now I will say now, now how comparing the winters, now how, how what's the difference? between the winters in Oklahoma and the winters up there in Michigan? Man, so, like, especially being back now for, like, winter, everybody's like, oh, it's freezing, it's cold. And I'm out there with my just regular long sleeve on, and, like, I'm in shorts and running. And, I don't know, it just makes a total difference because when you're there, like, some days you come outside, you feel that that wind hits your face from the Great Lakes, that makes you completely think about your life totally different compared to when you live in Oklahoma and there's a little breeze going on. I'm telling you, sometimes walking to the facility, I would we would turn around backwards and walk against the wind. That's how bad it would make your eyes cry. And sometimes like run into lifts and like your hair's wet. Oh, you think your curls are about to break off. Your hair might fall out. That's how cold it was. Now, when you went for the what, what that now when you went up there for the visit, did they did they tell you about that? Like they give you any kind of warning, like hey, these 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 these, these winters, man, might get rougher than they just let you kind of experience it. Now you you know, just because of the fact that like up north it's just way colder than down south where we're at. And that's just a fact. Because like when you look at this week, like literally two days ago it was 70 degrees, then the other day it was like 25 and 30. And I'm like, in Michigan, it's over there, like, negative, and it's five degrees outside every single day for, like, a month straight. And trust me, it gets hard. You don't want to leave your room at all during those times. And uh, you got there, and you you spent a, a redshirt season. So, obviously, not going from pretty much being a starter your whole high school career, probably the majority of your football career, to now only being able to practice, what was that experience like? Um, I'll be honest, it was, uh, it's pretty awful because, uh, like you said, like I started basically every, every year of football that I played, I started and, uh, going to Eastern Michigan during COVID was terrible because their, their like rules and regulations and stuff for COVID up in Michigan were way worse than Oklahoma. And, uh, before that COVID season that I had, I was in quarantine for 41 days before the season started. And already off top, me switching from quarterback to receiver. And honestly, I had never had like a true receiver coach. So like all the stuff that I was learning was brand new to me. And it just made the process really hard. And for our head coach, like you had to know the the offense inside and out or you weren't going to play at all. And it just made that first semester very hard. And then the second semester – came or the second season came around and I was behind a dude that was a all Mac receiver. Like he broke records that year. And I'll say that part, just the fact that I was ready to play when I had like my true freshman year and not being able to play was tough, but I learned a lot from it and I am grateful for it because like, as you see, like when I came here, I was, I was ready to play and I don't know, you go through a lot. And I'm just glad things happened the way they did, and I'm back home. No, you you were in quarantine for 41 days. How okay? Just 
mentally, I mean, how, like, just how were we able to get through that? Um, there, there, I'll, there's a lot of dark days. I'll just say that. Um, cause like at times the way that they do it is if you get cross contaminated, like say my roommate tests positive, he only has to stay in there for 10 days, but I had to stay in there for 14 days. Cause sometimes you get the symptoms late. And at one period we went where my roommate got it and I got it from him. So we had to go into quarantine. We got out for like two weeks and we're working out and everything, getting back in shape, learning the, the program. And then uh, our roommates or not our roommates, some of our teammates tested and we got cross contaminated like two times. And it was awful. They like put us in a hall. You couldn't leave. They just dropped food at your door. It, <laughs> it was terrible, man. Especially coming like from high school to your first college experience is that it was it was terrible. Uh, and and you also mentioned that you you finally have like a, a a receivers coach, so kind of having that now that this okay this is your defined position no more quarterback receiver defensive back returner all everything this is this 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 is who you are now so kind of what was that I guess experience like kind of having that dedicated coach and 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 how much did that help you from the standpoint of your route running your understanding of the opposition? Um, so first of all, my first uh, receivers coach was, uh, he was very, he was very tough on us. And uh, cause like he wanted us to be great. And uh, the stuff that he just taught us at the time, like it just didn't transfer over in my mind. Cause like when I was in high school, when we go over stuff, it's like, all right, we're going to go out on the field and do it compared to when you're in a, in a study like film room watching it on film and then you have to go out and do it. It's just a lot harder. And it took me a while to get that. A lot of us, it did. And um, like my first month of going against like division one corners was awful. They, cause they're so much stronger than regular high school dudes. And I was getting pressed so bad. And, but after like that first month and a half, then I started getting the releases down that he was teaching us and, learning like actually having a plan at the line and it just made running routes fun and easy because at like Shakota, I didn't have to run routes. I would literally just run by people. And that was that I just had to make sure I caught the ball. But when I got to college, it was like, you got to be able to get off the line and you can't take too long too. Cause like the O-line can't hold them forever. And so it was just a long process, but it was definitely worth it. And and how long did it take you to realize this isn't Shakota anymore? I can't just run by everybody. These DBs are really big, really physical. Like so, like how how long did it take you to kind of get adjusted? Where it's like, okay, I can't just depend on my speed anymore. I can't just depend on X, Y, and Z. I have to get more technical with it. Yeah, I would say uh, like the first. Um, let me see, about the first two to three OTAs, that was when, like, I realized it. Because, like, I, w- I would still, like, have, like, a idea of what I w- wanted to do at the line and stuff like that. And I was fine when they played off. Like, when they played off, it's like, all right, I can run and just do my own thing. But when they would get up and press, some of those dudes were huge at the time. And I don't know. I'd be a little bit nervous coming at practice. I'm like, dang, I really don't want this dude to press me. And then when he does, 
we'll see how it goes. But after a while, when I get built up that confidence, then it w- it wasn't as bad, and it was easier. And so you you get past your your redshirt season, the COVID year. You come it's 2021, You appear in six six games. Talk to me about what that that first that first game was like. Here you are, finally, you're off redshirt. Past COVID, now the experience is kind of behind you. You're able to step on the field again. What was that first game like? Um, like I thought I would be like really nervous, but honestly, I think like having that year where I didn't play and stuff like that. I played special teams, but that doesn't count when you're like playing just receiver. Um, I was I was ready to go, like I said. And uh, in the first game, the starter he ended up getting hurt, and so I played basically the whole first game. And the team we were playing wasn't very good, so we didn't throw the ball a lot. And, like, that was when I got my first my first and only catch at uh, Eastern Michigan. And um, after that, like, I was comfortable. I thought – I thought honestly thought things were going to go up from there. But, uh, I don't know, just God had a different plan for me, I guess. And so when uh, the starter came back, then I was kind of just on the back burner just chilling. And they had – during COVID, you know how, like, the transfer portal is, they had got some – some big recruits for um, for receiver two that they wanted to try out instead of the freshmen. And uh, so that they went in that direction. And I just, I was a team player about it. I just played my role, competed every day in practice. I did my thing, like my film shows it. And then I was just on every special teams. I really just wanted to try and make it work as best as I could and show them that regardless of like, if I'm playing receiver or not, that I was going to give it to my all. And that's just what it was. And that's how I left it up. So so after the season, then what what led you to to then decide to, to to transfer? Obviously, there's a playing time factor, but what was 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 that your main motivation for exploring your transfer option? Um, I'll say uh, the the main thing was is I didn't like how they went about it because honestly, like I thought if they wanted to save me for longer, that they would have redshirted me instead of letting me go over the limit and. Uh, so my receivers coach, which is a shout out coach Fleming, he's a real one. He uh he t- he pulled me aside and like we had a man to man conversation and he told me honestly he was like I think you're wasting your talent by just standing on the sideline and he was like I'm going to help you find somewhere to play. And so he helped me do that and another factor on why like I decided to leave was um basically my whole class that I came in with is not there anymore because of the same reasons that I went through. And then uh, my mom, I had came home for uh, Thanksgiving and she, my mom has uh, cancer. She's had it like two, two, three times throughout my, my high school career. And uh, she wasn't doing too good. And I thought it'd be best if I decided to come back home and be close just in case anything happens. And that was the main reason why I decided to come back. Felt like I needed a, a second, a second chance. Yeah. That now, when you were because during your your initial recruiting process, there was UCO, there was East Central, there was Tulsa. I'm sure there were more of the other Division two schools in the state. So then, what what was it about UCO that to you was like, okay, this is where this is the best fit for me? Um, definitely Coach Curley, and uh, the way the way that he is, like just being himself, and the way that Coach Doral is. Like they're they're real coaches and I can stand behind that if like someone's going to tell me how it is, even if I don't like it. And uh, I just like had a good connection with them. And 
the the team, just the same thing. Like the bond that I had with some of those players that I knew, like being from Oklahoma and uh, just the fact that they showed me that they actually wanted me to be here to like help them like do what we're doing, changing the culture. And uh, honestly, Steph was a, a big, a big aspect to that because I've never like had players reach out and like trying to help get me here and tell me like what we can do like together as a team. And uh, that was the main reason why I chose UCO because I was going on other visits and I had like FCS division one program trying to get me to come to their school, but they were, they were far. And honestly, I guess I just, I can say I got homesick and I wanted to be close to like my friends and my family and be able to let them see it because it's hard. Like when my mom's not doing good and she doesn't want to like try and make like a 15 hour trip to Eastern Michigan. Like I understand that especially like with maturity. I know how it is now. And it's been a way better um, experience with like my friends coming to the game, my family being there and just being around everybody. It's it's a good feeling again. And and, and that's something I I feel like doesn't get considered at times, like comfort being comfortable in your surroundings also helps your play on the field. So I know you mentioned it's been good having them, but like how much, of an impact does that do for you? Not maybe not necessarily not on the field, but like mentally knowing that you're closer to your loved ones. Oh yeah. So like any, like, I don't know. It's just different because like, uh, at least this time, like if I'm having a bad day or something and things just aren't going good, like at home, like at least I can go back and see them because like I was, I'd be at up in Michigan and like, say like one of my family members or something like get sick or, passes away like I can't even go to the funeral I can't be around my family I can't see anyone and that was the worst part about it was just being away and now like I can see my mom whenever I want my dad my mom my sister like they can drive up here I can see my friends and like it's like I can just if I need to chill out and have someone to talk to like they can come and I can see them and that's the best part about being here and you, you mentioned Coach Curley was a big reason why you came. What what is it? What was it about Coach Curley that that kind of sh- that kind of sold you on him? And and what is it like playing for him? Um, he's a real dude. Like he tells you how it is. The same thing I said about Coach Doral. And um, I don't know. He just he didn't sugarcoat anything, and he didn't have to fake it. And that's what I like because I know most coaches. They'll like put on a fake face when they're recruiting you. And then when you're, when they're coaching you, like they're completely different. That's not the case with coach Curley. Like he's the same funny, energetic guy that he is right now, wherever he's at. And that's why like I chose to play for him because I knew if he had my back, then I'll run through a wall for him. And it's, it's just that. Now, when you when you got here, you you came into obviously there was a program in trans, transition. Now there's a new coaching staff. The receiving core was wide open. A, a lot of new faces there. At the, the main was was Johnny Bazell. So how did you kind of what like what what was your mindset going into that? Besides obviously you know you want to be a starter, but like your mindset going into kind of a essentially a brand new unit with a with a, a brand new coach. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just knew that it was a fresh uh fresh slate for everyone and that uh, if I just learned like the offense then I'd be fine because like 
when I came from Eastern Michigan, the all the things that I learned, like it just transferred right over to when I got here. And that's what made it easy. It wasn't even the fact about uh like um just being like the new guy because the way I came in, I was just humble about it. Like whatever they were gonna say to me and like teach me, that like I was gonna listen to it and see how it goes and just kind of do my own thing, you know. And when you're not like stepping on people's toes and like you're actually getting to know your teammates and like your unit, then like the journey that we had was it was way easier. And they made me feel like uh like I was home. I felt like one of them when I got there. Like we were joking around and like yeah, JB, JB was like the only one that would be like on me for real. He would check me. And that's what I needed because like I was young. I hadn't even played and I don't know. That, that's, that's a good question. I'll give you that, but <laughs> that's, that was a tough one. Nah, uh, try, to, try to slide those in there. <laughs> try to slide those in there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did that, did that answer the question? I don't know. It did. It did. It did. I'll, I'll give. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. So now, uh, now offensively, you all you all started slow. It's kind of what it is. It was slow. There's a lot of new faces, and at some point, it did pick up. So, how are you all able to kind of keep belief, keep hope, keep chugging along, even though that first game and, and for parts of the second game, it 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 wasn't what you all were hoping for. Um, it was, it was very tough. Like, honestly, as a receiving core, um, or I'll just say as myself, like I was, I was frustrated. Like that first game when we got beat like that, I was, I was very upset because I honestly thought the way that we had a great fall camp, I thought we were going to come out and just start beating teams, but it, it was a good wake up call. And I think after that first game and then the second game got better. And then by the time that we played Northwest, we like we were rolling, and uh, I don't know, just basically trusting the coaches because Coach Curley told us like it would come, just keep believing, and I don't know, just really us sticking together is what make that what made that work. I said the same thing too. I think I said before the season, I said give it, give it time, give it five, six games. Got a lot of new faces, got a new a new coaching staff. So when the Missouri Western game happened, I don't think I was as down as others because. There were opportunities there. I think I think there was a deep pass to you that was just missed. I think there was one to Kavion that was just missed. So it wasn't like there was no signs of promise. I just knew it would it would come. And like you mentioned before, a Northwest Missouri number two team in the country, you all were able to get a wire to wire win. What so like what was the mindset going into that game? Because I know as much as Coach Burrell tried to downplay it, that was a big game for him. And and, and Obviously, you're playing in the number two team in the country. You're going. You got something to prove. You know, going into that into that game. So, what was the mindset of you all going into that game? Um, the mindset was we had nothing to lose. Like we were just going to go out guns a blazing, and if we went down like that, then we were going to go down like that. But like as a team, and really like after we beat Emporia, we knew we could do this. We, I don't know. It just made more sense once we got our first win, and then when we were watching film. We, we knew that we could beat them. And that was the main thing. It was just if we were going to come out and actually play hard and be physical, then that was going to be the factor, the defining factor of the game. And that's the way it ended. Just like that, we wanted it more. 
and that's why we won that game. And and, and what was the post game celebration like? Uh, it, it was different. I I hadn't like felt that type of uh, like feeling in a very long time, and that that win brought us together. Even though like this season we we had a winning season and stuff, but we know that we could have had a way better season. But the games like that just show like what we can do here with the people that we got. And then you all rode that now because there was a good three game stretch, especially for the pass offense. Started off with Lincoln. Now we know the touchdown. I have to because I it I watched the catch several times. Uh, the ball first of all was a great ball by Steph. But you were able to get both feet in bounds in the corner of the end zone, wall being covered. How were you able to make that catch? Um, I don't know. Just at that point in the game, I was just like, whatever Steph throws to me, I have to catch it now. Because literally before that, we had like did the same play on the on the other side, and I ended up dropping it. Like it was one of the ones that Steph threw it deep right in the bucket and it just like slipped out of my hands. And so I told him after that, I was like, I got him. And that's, that's the thing is that game. I realized that these coaches like really messed with me and believed in me because I think at my last school, like if I dropped an open catch like that for a touchdown that they would have just took me out and not put me back in. But the fact that they believed me and put me back in, and then I made that play. I knew when the ball was in there, I was like, I got to get this. And those dudes were talking crazy too. Cause I dropped that pass and, I was like, I got to get my get back on him. See, see, now I had, see, that's what I had heard that Lincoln was trying to talk north. I just, you know, I, I, I mean, listen, I get, I understand that coming in the game is homecoming at home. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to lose, but I feel like this, there's a time and a place for that, and I just, I, you know, I, I said something similar. 2019 when Northeastern State came. They planted their flag on the 50-yard line. I just – this is some things you just don't do. It's going to make a beatdown worse. Uh, and then you proceeded to have a second touchdown catch in that game where you <laughs> you, burned, you burned that poor defensive back so bad. You stopped to make the catch, stopped to yeah. make the catch and still <laughs> ran it in for the touchdown. Now – the the way the MIAA network is, we just saw you open down the field stopping for the touchdown. So did you just finally just beat this man off the line that bad? Did you put a move on him? Like how did you get that big of a jump off? Man, I'm I'm gonna honestly say it is very bad on their defense for like how that play happened because I'm I think that they were in like cover three and they were in zone. The dude was playing off of me, and I just ran and just gave him a little rocker step and took it high, and I went over the safety, and Steph just threw it right over the safety. And, like, literally, you'll see it. There's three of them chasing me, but I don't know what they were thinking. I'm the only one going deep. <laughs> they just let me go right by. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw it. I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take you, but dang. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fast, but I ain't that fast. But they make me look really fast right there. <laughs> <laughs> so then you build off that. You go, you have a short week because Northeastern State is on a Thursday. So so first, what is that preparation like, having that quick turnaround from you have a game Saturday, then you have one just a handful of days later? Yeah, Um. I don't know. It wasn't that hard that week just because, like, it's a, it's a it was a big game, like a rival game. 
and because uh, we're playing for the President's Cup. And, like, when you get in football season, after you get past fall camp, then most of the time football season is just fun, even though, like, it's a lot of uh, – a lot on your body. But we were, like, healthy, and we were in great shape. I'll say that. So the turnaround wasn't too bad. It was weird playing on a Thursday, though, but other than that, it was fine. Now, I've been, I have been waiting since that time to ask a player about that first half. Okay, because I still do not know what that was. Like, I have not seen a level of execution and dominance like I have seen in that first half. It literally, it was almost as if that first run they had for nine yards just flipped a switch because after that, it was downhill very quickly from Northeastern State. What, so, like, the, the mindset, obviously, is rivalry game. You want to win the game. But, like, something felt different about that game. Like, what, what, was there a different mindset than previous games? Was it, was it just a really good week of practice? Like, what, 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 what kind of led to that level of, of dominance? That, that's usually what it is. Like, when we have great weeks like that, it's a great week of practice, honestly. Like, that was the biggest thing for us was just being able to put, like, three to four practices together and be consistently good. Because we know we can do it. It's just we're like our own biggest enemy, if you want me to be honest. That's just how it is. And that's what we're trying to like change about our culture and like get it to like where we're being consistently good all the time. And uh, yeah, that, that week was just uh, just we came ready to play. And like when we played at home, besides the Pitt State game, then like, I don't know, the energy is just different. It's just, I don't know, just. Normal, I guess. I don't know what to say about that one, but it's just a lot easier to play at home. And, and then you you had you had three you had three touchdowns in that Northeastern State game. I think two or three. Uh, what was working for you in that game? Um, well, let me see. I I had two touchdowns off of three catches, and um, they were playing zone a lot. They didn't want to play us a man. That that's honestly how this league was a lot of the season was they didn't want to play us a man. And frankly, like that kind of makes me bad because I don't like want to go against people one on one just so I can get those big play opportunities. But in zone, like I'll go to the slot and then it's just easy. Cause when I was at Eastern, I played slot. And <laughs> even though I play outside here and inside, it's just it's easy when I go to the slot. And we already knew where their weak points were and we just attacked them. And that's why we did so good that game. Now, now I mean, you, you, like, you can you blame them for not wanting to play Mando? Like, I mean, come on, like, let's just, let's just, you got look at it from their perspective here, right? Like, that wouldn't be good. I mean, yeah. there's you, there's Madison, there was um, Terrell. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he still had Dante out there. There was Oscar. Like, that, that was not going to end well. I mean, I feel like teams didn't have much of a choice. I mean. <laughs> I don't blame it. I don't blame them at all. There, there's a reason why I didn't go to college to play BB because I couldn't imagine trying to guard people like they have to do. Uh, and then now, now I know I asked you to think about this following the Ford Hayes game, but the waddle dance now you, you can't. So that was now <laughs> you're telling me that was not practice, that wasn't rehearsed, it was just on the spot. You just decided to hit them with the, the waddle dance. Yeah, I seen uh, I seen Jalen Waddle do it like a couple of days before that, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And honestly, 
I would have did a lot better impression if the ref didn't say something. He made me he made me do it real quick. So, <laughs> I would have took my time doing it. <laughs> and then and then you follow that up with the, the the glorious aerial display of the Ford Hayes game, three hundred eighty one yards passing. What 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 was what was working for you all in 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 that game because that was by far the best the pass offense looked at the whole season. And uh, just attacking the seams, really. It's like I, I didn't have a particular big game that day. I just made some good catches, like, when we needed it. But I know, like, Ridge and uh, TD, Terrell, like, I know they had a great game because up the seam, they were not covering them. And so we hit them there all day. And uh, and Steph, just he just balled out that day. After that one pass where we drove down and then they got, like, a tip interception, after that, it's like a switch. Like uh, switch snapped with him and he just changed how he was playing and we have a play that like Oscar is like always open on and there's like no one around him and they hit that and yeah just from there it was over we ran the ball good that day too and that's what opened up our passing game uh, and, and so and now at, at, at that point that was when I and I think most said okay the next stretch of games was going to tell a lot about the team. Now, the Wallsburg game, I felt like the score was worse than it actually was. I know the wind was very bad in that game. People told me how bad that wind was. So I, yeah. I can I can live with that. It's tough to pass the ball. I, I, I that That's, you know, it happens sometimes. It happens. But then you mentioned the pitch state game earlier. I think that was probably the point where I felt like I was most disappointed there just because – I don't. It it just. It, I don't. It seemed like you all were were just off that game. Like there were just things I felt like were off. There was there was drops that wasn't normally there. There was some tackles that that normally wasn't there. Like what what kind of after that? Like what 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 kind of was the, the mindset of the team? Because knowing there's two games left, there's still an opportunity to end the season with a winning record. Um, what was the mindset after that pitch game? Um, I would say, like, going back to the Washburn game was what messed it up. Um, Like, that game, like you said, it was really windy. But, like, I don't want to make that a, an excuse because, like, we – if in that case, like, I would say we lost to Mo South because of the wind, too, because it was really windy that day. But um, Washburn, like, we had all the momentum going into that game. We were on a four-game win streak, and uh, everything was just feeling good. And then we go there, and I don't know, the vibe just felt off that day. It was weird. And yeah, we just didn't we didn't come out ready to play, and they were. And uh, then we go into Pitt State, and like, if we would have came and beat Washburn, I think that Pitt State game would have been completely different. Because I don't know if we just felt defeated by the time that we played Pitt State, and then they came right out and just punched us in the mouth. If you and me be honest, they wanted it more, and there's a reason why they had the season that they did. And uh, yeah, that that game hurt. I'm not gonna lie. Even though they were like blowing us out and stuff, we were we got it like a we got it going in the second half. Like we had the drives and stuff like that. Even though that might be going against their second and third strings, but I don't know. It was just it was way too late in that game. We should have came out ready to play, and uh, that that's like what made the. Let me see. I think we played uh, Nebraska Carney after the Pitt State game. Yep. I think if we would have had more. Uh, consistency in that Penn State game then that we would have beat Nebraska Carney because we should have won that one too. We let that one slip right through our fingers. Perfect. Then, I agree. Yeah. 
agree. I re- but I, I I do have to commend you all though because I I think I recall saying at that at that time after that I said this is going to really determine where where the program is headed. Right? So now, like you said, you were hit in the mouth by Pitt State. All right, like now it's not okay, early in the season. You kind of understand the losses. You're trying to get chemistry. You're trying to get get some consistency there. But now here we are, weeks ten, weeks eleven. Like this is going to determine what what this team is made of. Can they get hit in the mouth and can they respond? And I have to give you all credit because I, I'm that, that was a tough physical football game up there in Kearney. It was a great game. Like I said, I agree. It should have been a win. But I was really impressed by the response because you all had a choice at that time. You could have just said, well, it is what it is. Like, it's it's going south and and have not fought the way you did the last two games. Uh, But you all did choose the fight. Says a lot to me about the character of the guys in that locker room. Uh, And then on senior night, since Missouri, that's a team that had nothing to lose. Uh, And it 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 was it was a tough game. It was a tough game. Uh, you had probably the best catch of the season, the one-hander there near the sideline. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. It, up in the press box, we all thought you were out of bounds, and they rolled at a catch, and we absolutely lost our marbles. So walk me through how you were able to snag that. Man, um... So like that was a it was like a, a wheel route like I fake block and then I roll out and uh, when Steph threw it there was a safety but he was like inside of me and I didn't know if that ball was gonna keep sailing like out of bounds or if it was gonna like die down and I could catch it because honestly I did not need to catch it one handed because the way that it dropped down like I could have caught it with two hands but it just happened that I just put my hand up and I caught it and I got both feet in so that that's a catch that counts on Sunday. <laughs> okay, now, now I have to ask this. I'm pretty sure I asked. I think it might have been Gary's question. Now, when you go up for the one-handed catch, you run a risk if you don't make the catch. I am sure that's not going to be good come film. So how do you decide when you can take that risk and go for the one-handed catch instead of a two-handed catch? Um. I don't know. If you want me to be honest, that is, that was my first one-handed catch in an actual game. It was like I only played receiver my junior year and then this last year, like, in games. And um, I don't know. For me, if it's longer than, like, I need it, then I'm going to go for one. But most of the time I go for two. I go for the just the regular catch, but it just so happened that time I had caught that one. I had some brand-new gloves, so I tried to stick you out that game. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to see with winning record the first time since 2018. I just seeing where you all started in week one to that time. Uh, I think a lot of people would have been surprised that you all finished with a, a, a winning a winning record. Uh, like so, what I mean as a team, obviously you felt like there should have been more wins, but overall, kind of. How important was it to, to get that winning season? Um, it it was pretty big for our program. They um, like it's a it's a great building step, especially going from like having a losing season before that to a winning season. I don't know. It still kind of bothers me that we left. Like, I'll, I honestly, I think that we should only lost to Pitt State and Washburn. That's it. 
we shouldn't have lost to any of those Missouri teams. And I'm going to just leave it at that. That's just how I feel about the season. But it was great for our program to end in a winning season and on a win after losing to a tough, like, like that tough loss in Nebraska Kearney. Because that one hurt. I think that's honestly what brought us together as a team and, like, realized that, like, we need to finish this out strong, especially for our seniors, too. Because, like, even the Central Mo game, like, we didn't start – I didn't start out good. Um, like, the first drive, like, I ended up fumbling on a screen. I thought I was going to take it to the house, and a dude came out of nowhere and punched the ball out. And the fact that my teammates are still right there cheering me on and telling me, like, keep your head up, you'll go get the next one. And, like, I had a great game. I ended up having a great game, and we won. Even though it was a tough win, it was just the right thing that we needed at the time. And that's just literally springed us forward, even going in our winter workouts. Our winter workouts, it's you'll see the difference when the season comes. It's night, it's night and day. And then just 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 looking from an individual standpoint, right? You were leading receiver, 29 catches, 445 yards, and four four touchdowns. Did did you have the type of season from an individual standpoint that you had kind of hoped to have coming into the season? No, not at all. I did not. Um, I did not imagine that my first game as a starter to have one catch for, I think, three yards. Um, I was I'll be honest, for the first half of the season, I was very upset with, my, with myself and just how things were going with the offense, because like Coach Doyle, he loves to run the football. And so, like, I had to learn to, like, just block and, like, when my play is called, to to go get it. And that's what I did. Uh, Curly told me at, like, the end of the season, I had, like, a 98 completion rating. Like, any time that the ball was in my area where I could catch it, like, I would make a play. And I, I was proud of that. But honestly, now, like, being in college, going through the times that I did where I didn't play at all, like, I'm not a stat chaser by any means, but I would have loved to have, like, a – like a 900,000 yard season and have a whole bunch of more touchdowns. But the fact that I know our team is going to be better next year, that like, I'm just excited about it. And our unit as a whole is way better. Like we have more depth. So now we're going to be able to do more. And that's a big thing just because uh, last season, when it comes to our receiver unit, we were not happy with how it, how it went, but we know we're going to build on it. And like you said, like there was a, they had like a quarterback battle the first couple of games. And so our chemistry was off, but like when we got got it going, then we're going, and we're just building off of that right now. Yeah, you 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 mentioned the uh, influx of of talent there. I mean, Coach Curley, great haul on early signing day. There was a great haul on signing day. You have a, he- a healthy Madison, who I, I think really, when he was healthy, showed what he could do. I, I I truly I truly think that this could be from a talent standpoint the best receiving core. That's been here quite some time. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the depth. I think there's a lot of guys who do a lot of different things. So kind of knowing now that the bar is going to be raised going into this upcoming season, how how are you personally attacking the offseason to, to, to help prepare yourself for a, a, a better season next year? Um, I'm just I'm just doing the like I'm sticking to what I know. And that's going to that's going to workouts every day with the mindset that I'm going to work. And not even if I'm winning every rep in the workouts and lifting the most weight, I just know I'm going to give it my all every day just so I can be 1% better every day. Even though that sounds corny, 
that's just how I attack it. Just because, like, regardless if I'm out there or not, I'm going to work. It was the same thing when I was at Eastern Michigan not playing. I was still going as hard as I could. And uh, I'll say uh, the one person that's pushing me the most is uh, is TD, Terrell Davis. He's going to have – I promise, he's going to have a breakout season. That dude has been working. And uh, with him and Ridge, like, we all work together in our whole unit. And that's what I like. We're already close, even though we don't know each other as much. But, um, like, our uh, our winter grades are great, right? Now. Or not great, but they're good as, like, a whole. Being consistently good every day, and that's what we're trying to work towards. I'm ready for this season to take off. And I, me and TD, we both gained weight. And I'm as big as I've ever been, and I'm working on my speed just so I can be ready for – to break away from them long runs and not get caught like I did against Northwest. <laughs> I mean, still saw, I still hey, I'll still about that, man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, I guess my, my, my final football letter question for you would be now that is is weird to say this, but like you, Madison T D, you all are kind of the elder statesman of that receiver unit, uh, because Johnny's gone. He really was the only other statesman uh, last, uh, coming in last season. So, from a leadership standpoint, now, how, how I guess do you go about kind of doing what Johnny did? You said Johnny was the only person to kind of check you. How do you go about kind of doing the same thing this this uh, upcoming season? Um, like um, so we have like a leadership council and stuff like that, and. Like they they're on us all the time, just trying to be leaders. And uh, even with Curly, like uh, me and him, we do like a leadership like meeting where he like asks me like what I think about this and that and just see like where's my head at and like how close of a leader I am. And uh, honestly, like leadership thing kind of comes natural to me because of the fact that I play quarterback and like my senior year. That was like a big thing. Like I was the one that everybody looked up to. And I know how to like handle that pressure and like how to just keep our unit together and not break us apart or like down anyone. And I don't know, just make us, uh, I don't know, just be the person that they can look up to like for advice or if they need anything, like I'm there. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's really it when it comes to just being able to be, become a leader that, that we need. And it's not even just like about me or Ridge or TD being the only leaders. Like we want all of our unit to like have a say in what we do. And that way we're all on the same page and that's just going to make us better as a whole. Uh, well, before I get you out of here, we do this with all the new guests, kind of some quick get, or get to know you type questions. So your favorite sports team can be any sport. They're going to hate me on this one. I'm not going to lie. Um, so my favorite, my favorite college is uh, the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> uh, okay, now I, I'm I'm obligated to ask. You're an Oklahoma kid. Both OU and OSU do not like Texas. How do you become a Texas Longhorn fan? All right. So my uh, my dad is originally from uh, Br- Brownwood, Texas, <clears throat> and. Um, the first football game I ever watched was the 2005 championship game, USC versus Texas. And the reason why I liked to play quarterback was because the first person I ever watched was Vince Young when he was going crazy, running the football and throwing it. And 
that's what led me to become a Texas fan. That was my dream school. And I still root for them. And I don't know, even though I'm from Oklahoma, it it, it is bad just because of the fact that I like a Texas team. Now, <laughs> I have to, now I do have to ask because obviously with the regular rivalry this, this, this past season, uh, we know what that outcome was. How, did you, how much, how much trash talking did you get in after that game? We get in a lot. Cause I'm not the only Texas Longhorn fan. Fan, it's a uh, Raekwon Wicks. He's on board with me, so we talk our trash, especially when we win. Yep. <laughs> oh, not Raekwon. <laughs> oh man, guy from Borden down the street. Oh, okay, that's that's something. Now, do we at first is Steve Sarkeesian the guy to restore Texas back to glory? I don't know, man. It's just like every year it seems like they come in and they have a great team and then something happens. Like they'll start out hot and then they won't finish hot or they start out cold and finish hot. It's just it's weird. Like the same thing, like when Caleb Williams had his breakout game against Texas, like Texas was dogging them at first. And then something just switched after they benched Spencer or, yeah, benched Spencer. And I don't know. That's the things that I don't like. I will say Texas is my favorite team, but they. They know how to lose a lead. I feel I, I I do also feel obligated. Thank you. Was it when it was when last it was the season before the overtime loss to Kansas. Now I feel like while the majority of the state, including myself, was doubled over in pain laughing, uh just <laughs> yeah, like what I mean at that point, because you you just expect. There's certain teams in Texas, you just assume it could be the worst Texas team in 50 years. But they're going to yeah. beat Kansas. So when you lose to Kansas at home, what was the reaction after that? I mean, did, did you did you think the sky was falling? Like, did you think there would be a way to come back from that? I mean, what, <laughs> what was the mindset? Man, I, I'll be honest. I did not watch that game. And then I remember my dad telling me, they're like, oh, they're about to, they might lose this game. And then I watched it. I was so mad. But. I don't know. That's just how it is with, with football. It's the same thing in the MIAA. Like with, with our conferences, literally anybody can beat you at any given moment. You never know. But yeah, I would say that one, that one was a blind side. I did not see that one coming. And, and now, do we do we think Quinn Ewers is the guy? Oh yeah, that's the guy. Like, like let's be for real. If if he doesn't get hurt against Alabama, we upset Alabama. And that's facts. And hey, you check them uh, first them first half stats. Yeah, he was going crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, but now you got Arch Manning in there. I feel like there's going to be some pressure. The Mantos winning the Saps, they're going to be calling for, for Arch, Arch Manning. I just, so, we, so you have no doubt that Quinn Ewers – is the guy that should be the starting quarterback for, for 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 Texas? Yeah, I do. I'm I'm not a. My dad thinks that Arch Manning is going to be the guy like that comes in and does it all for Texas, but I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in Quinn just because of like what he's done, and yeah, that dude's he's cold. Um, let's see now. Now, obviously, you your your receiver. I know you said you lost a lot of um, Jerry Judy tape when you were in high school. 
So if you had to name your favorite receiver, who would it be? Stephon Diggs, easily. And and what what about him makes him your favorite? Um, me me and him are the same body type, and that dude can literally do it all. He he can um he runs routes. He has some of the nastiest releases I've ever seen. He has great hands, and like when he was at Maryland, that's how I envisioned like myself being when I went to college to play like just play any sport in college. When it came to football, was that dude was literally returning kickoffs for touchdowns. He was he he didn't even have a good team and he was still making them look like they were somewhat good. And dude's just a dog. I don't know. I just like his mentality. He doesn't care like what anyone thinks. He he just wants to prove it to himself. And like he says that multiple times. And like the the work ethic that he shows is the reason why he has like such a great upside in football and the reason why he's having like great success as a receiver. That's why he's my favorite. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Um, your favorite hobby outside of football? Mm. I have to say playing video games. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll play video games to stay out of trouble. And uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big 2K and a Call of Duty person. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, I've been, I've been yeah, told. It's the A, too. I'm a big NCAA person. Okay, now now I've been told Coach Doral is a Call of Duty guy or, or, or something to that to that effect. Now, I, is that like does do, do is there a competition amongst your teammates there about who the best Call of Duty player is? Um, I mean, I didn't know Coach Doral played. Uh, if you want me to be honest, I know Coach Curley and Coach Donald do. Because if you want me to be honest. That's another reason why Curly sold me was this man randomly asked me to play a game of Warzone on Rebirth. And you can you can ask him. I carried him to a dub, and we got a dub the first time we ever played. Yeah. So you, if you want to know, the chemistry was there before it even started. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. You carry. So what, what I'm just deducing then, when you're saying Coach Curly is – Average of Call of Duty dead, or are you just that good? No, at the time, like that was when I was in home at home during the portal. So I played a lot of video games in my free time, and I don't know. I think I think Curly's pretty decent. I'm not gonna say he's the best, but at, hey, I had nine kills and he had two, so we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay, okay. Now you said that you're big in the two K. So who's your team of choice? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, see, I I don't know. Since all the trades happened, I really don't play play now anymore. I'm more of like a my career player. I like to be online with my dude, and I usually always go for like a a tall center that can like dribble and shoot and play defense and dunk. And I don't know when I make a point guard, I make him six seven because I know I never I know I never be that tall. But hey, you you can wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Now, uh do you play do you play Madden at all? Um, yeah, I do I do here and there. I'll play it with uh like my friends when they like want to play against me, but I don't know. I'm just I'm not really into Madden just because like the way that they have the mechanics of the game. I don't know. I feel like NCA like 
they might hate me for this, but I feel like NCAA like runs better, if that makes sense. There's more stuff that can happen that's like crazy, you know what I mean? That like you don't expect because I don't like the fact that um like say I'm playing you and Madden and you have a corner that has an X factor. Like you're not gonna be able to throw the ball to him. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, just, I just don't like it. Because like I think it's crazy the fact that like in a game, if you put a dude out there, like um, let me see. Like say DK is going against the dude with the X factor and he has it on. You're telling me that DK is not gonna be able to catch the ball on him now? Um I just think it's unrealistic. See, see, I agree, and that's why my game of choice to this day is still NCAA 14. As a matter of fact, before we got on here, I was setting up my latest dynasty where I use the 2020 rosters and I have a bunch of team builders. Thankfully, before the servers started to want to, to shut uh, shut down. So mm-hmm. I made a, a all Oklahoma conference at the Conference USA, so it's like Tulsa, UCO, like more Norman Tech, Oklahoma Tech, and then, then another team builder, Grandview, and then I added the Mexico teams. Mm-hmm. Then I turned the Sun Belt into like all the smaller Texas schools like <laughs> SMU, Houston, Rice, um, UTEP, UTSA. I think I threw Arkansas State in there. And I simmed until present day. So it took like three days of simulating. <laughs> <laughs> I, just now got, I just now got it. So I'm going to take over the worst team, which is UTEP. So uh, that that's, but yeah, no, NCAA, still the game of choice. I think your new teammate, Danny Armstead's an NCAA guy. He does tell me that he low lock cheeses in our recruiting, so I had to ding him some points for that. Can't be, can't just take shortcuts like that in recruiting. And then uh, I think Carson Trimble also is a big NCAA fourteen guy. So uh, you got some, you got some teammates that also share your love of of uh, NCAA fourteen. Okay, yeah, they okay. they won't play, they won't play me though. Um, like when I got here, I was in the dorms with the freshmen for that summer. And I'd beat everybody just using Texas, just in the the updated rosters. I would beat everybody in it. And yeah, I'm I'm just like you when it comes to that stuff. I remember me and my buddies would like make a dynasty and make like three players. And we would pick like one of the worst teams and like play for them and like do all the recruiting. Like I swear we had Louisiana Tech win like 12 championships in a row. They We got to like 2026 20, on there. And then, of course, like when I got to Eastern Michigan and updated the rosters and I was on it, oh, you know I was playing that. <laughs> I don't know. So I was, okay, I, I, I actually, I was going through that the other day and I was like, oh, there he is. I think you were like 65 overall. And I think they gave you, was it like 65 catching? No, no, that is not true. That is not true. So when I first got to college, I updated the roster and I looked and they had me at a it was like a 69. And I was surprised. I had like a 92 or 93 speed and like my stats were pretty good. It was just like the strength stuff was low. That was it. Ah. No. Okay, now now when you were winning these championships with Louisiana Tech now. Was there a lot of read option, a lot of four verticals involved here, or were we actually running? Let's... All right. Come so, on. Yeah, come hey. On. No, I'm not going to lie. All right, so it'd be like me, me at quarterback, my best friend at running back, and then one of his brother at receiver. 
and me and him would just take turns running the ball or uh, yeah, I'll just do read option. And then I was just throwing four verts and we needed, Hey, we did play on Heisman. We did play on Heisman and I'll always make us play literally the top 10 teams every season. It wasn't easy, but Hey, yeah, we were doing the cheese stuff. I was. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Gotta play Sim. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That disappointed that you didn't When you play quarterback and you run the ball so much, you have to have the read option in the game. Okay, I'm not saying don't run the read option, but let's not like uh, oh come on though. You no, we, we definitely we definitely called other plays. I'll say uh like my favorite passing play was I want to say I think it's PA rollout. Yeah. Where you have a dude run a, a vert, have the mm-hmm. other one doing the deep cross. Yeah, that one is goaded. Okay, because I I thought you were about to say it was going to either be stick, slants, or curls, which which, which is, is equally as cheese. So okay, okay. I'm, now I'm the type to like we're going to make explosive plays. We're going to do jet sweeps, uh, speed option, the read option, and then we'll even do like halfback passes in there just to have fun. I don't know. I like to just kind of have fun when we're playing, just try new things out. Because like even one time I made a road to glory and I went to Navy as a quarterback, just running the ball. And I'll tell you, that was the hardest read option team I ever had to learn. <laughs> Bro, I will say the, the flex bone on the new, on like the later iterations, so much harder to run than it was on the PS2 era. Like, cause, cause you have like no time to make the read. Like you hike the ball, they're like right there. It's like, yep. oh, you got to give me time to read the tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, nah, I, I definitely enjoy like challenges like that, stuff like that. I don't know, it's fun. Uh, okay, good. All right, good. So that's good. Okay, good. None of this more NCAA lovers on it. Okay, good, good. Now, I do have to ask are we, we PlayStation, Xbox, or PC? Let me see where is it at. You, you know, we, we got to go with the PlayStation, man. I'm, I'm rocking with PlayStation until I die. Now, I think that so that means still and still counting, the only Xbox guys on the team is is Coach Curly, Coach Doral, both Phelps, and I think Carson Trimble said he's an Xbox. No, is it, it's either Carson Trimble or um oh the uh, one from Old so his name was Casey. So there uh, might be Carson. four. Yes, so there might be four Xbox guys. On the roster, so I, I just, <laughs> hey, I'll just say them the Xbox the Xbox players don't want to smoke with me in any head to head game. I'll just say that. <laughs> oh, this, so, <laughs> let's see. Um, your favorite TV show? Um, I have to say, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That's my favorite TV show. Okay. Okay, solid choice. Solid choice. Yeah. Uh, let's see your 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 favorite musical artist. That's a tough one. Um, I, I like seeing you ask uh, the other people that, and I don't know. I'd have to say my favorite. I'm gonna just go with Lil Baby because he's hot and he's been hot for a while on it. But okay. I don't know. I'd say like my second one is is probably Polo G. I like I like how he raps. Okay. Now, 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 do you have a favorite song? A favorite song? Um, no, nah, I don't think so. 
I'm I'm kind of like a mix because I don't know. Like I just need like different vibes. If I want to turn up, I'm gonna definitely listen listen to some NBA YoungBoy and Lil Baby. And then if I just like want to chill out and like kind of just be in my own little world, I'm listening like Polo G and Lil Dirt. That's just those are my go to. Okay. Yeah, okay. I like Gunna too. Even even though he's snitching, I don't know. I can't <laughs> think he's not enough of him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Now, okay. Now, I, I I feel I still also have to ask this question. Now, uh, the 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 ox core in the locker room in the weight room, I'm told, is not for the week. I've been told if it's not vibing, they will take your phone off the cord. Now, I've also been told that is last time I checked that Steph was the best on the ox. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, definitely. When I first got here during the summer, Steph was the one on the ox. And yeah, he he was the best one on the ox. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, I was also told that Jace Gardner was the worst. Would that also <laughs> be an accurate statement? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think me personally, I think it's going to have to be Andrew Carney because Carney likes the rock music and I mean, I get down with it when I'm lifting, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Jace, Jace might, nah, he might have to be the worst. I think he had too many slow songs on, on there for me. Yeah, I was about to say, because when I was talking to uh, uh, Bryce last last offseason, he, he, he mentioned how he put on, like, some kind of slow Drake song during a morning workout. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> <laughs> what are we <laughs> oh, that's so. That's so no, nah, that's, oh, that's, that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. But I think Noah. But Noah told me he put on Justin Bieber one time, and uh, I don't know why you would try that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either, honestly. Oh, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's nah, see I, I'd say the person the person that loves to play music now is a uh, is Big Rob. Definitely. I don't know. Robert uh, Fuentes was he was the best on the Ox for me. If you want me to be honest, yeah, yeah. I heard. I think you said it was like him. Was him Steph and somebody else? I heard were like consistently mm-hmm. always pretty, pretty, pretty solid up there. So okay, yeah, okay. I uh, see your favorite food. Oh, my favorite food is a uh, shrimp boil. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see it now. In ter- in terms of gear, now obviously I know you have the gloves, but like what 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 um I think you I think you have a t- it's been a minute, so I think you have a towel. Uh, I know you have you have bands sometimes, right? Yes, no, I don't it's it's been a hot minute, so I don't remember all gear that you have, but but um what what uh I guess how do you kind of just decide what 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 accessories you you want to wear? Um, so I don't know. It's just uh honestly, if if I was bigger, then you would just see me rocking tape, gloves, and a uh, turf tape, and I'll just leave it at that. But my arms aren't as big, so sometimes I like to. I'm kind of like Stephon Diggs, but the other way, I like to wear the the arm sleeve on the left arm with the gloves matching with the tape underneath and I'll usually ride on it. 
And then uh, I got to have my pacifier, not like the, the baby pacifier, but like the picture you got up, the pacifier mouthpieces. I have to have those because those are a drip right there. And with my legs, you'd honestly see me wear a lot of like long socks. If I didn't uh, cramp, like if I wear anything on my legs, I'll usually cramp up. And so I don't wear long socks and I wear like ankle socks, but I always have to have spat over it. So basically every game you'll see me with spat on. And that, that's my go-to. Okay. Okay. Now, now, now who, now who in your opinion has the best drip on the team? On the team. I'm going to have to say myself. I got to. Yeah, I'll, I'll say myself, and then uh, let's see, maybe maybe Kobe second or TD. I don't know. It's a pretty close race. Okay, okay. Now, now, now so we, so so Mosley isn't isn't up there because now I know when I talked to him, he prides himself on being one of the swaggiest. Uh... <laughs> Nah, yeah, I'll, him, him, and Kevion, they think they think they have the most swag on the whole team when it comes to that stuff. You should see the locker room before the games, the day before. They will have whatever they're wearing out there laid out the day before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, 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 it's 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 funny that you mentioned Kobe because as as a freshman, Kobe literally had no gear. Like no, he yeah. had towel. That was. <laughs> So when you said that, I was like, oh, look at Kobe now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Kobe, I've known Kobe for a long time, but yeah, his drip has definitely increased. I'll say that. <laughs> Good, because I was, yeah. I saw I was a freshman and I'm like, is that some kind of weird freshman thing where you just don't get the gear? But okay, good. Yeah, I saw that last year. I was like, all right, good. He's looking more. No, he, better out there. He, he's a dog. He, he doesn't need any gear. And, uh, I don't know. Honestly, like if my I think my go to if I could would be the the long sleeve. That used to be my go to long sleeve with the long socks when I was in high school. That was my go to. Yeah. But yeah. but you can't you can't wear the long sleeves when you play receiver because they think you'll fumble. So. Oh really? Yeah, they think that it'll like slip off your arm. Mm, I guess yeah. that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> Let's see, okay. Uh, you have any pregame rituals or routines that you normally do? Um, I would say just um, listen to my music, and uh, I think um, that, that's really it. Just listen to my music, sitting there, just thinking about like what I need to get done, and then um, I always uh, I always pray before I go out there, and I'll write. On my uh, arms, I'll write like the the people that I've lost, and uh, so little Ender was a uh, before the reason why I left Omogi too was uh, my head coach at the time he had got cancer during our season and ended up passing away in basketball season, and he was the one that told me I could do something with football, and that was why I like went to Shakota and just gave football my all my all. Before that, I had a hoop dream just like everybody else, but. Yeah, I always write his name on there and like my grandma. And then I pray and write some of my homies on there. Um, I guess my, my final question would, would, would be what 
what what can UCO fans expect to see out of Jacob Delso in the 2023 season? Um, I'm gonna say uh, more, mm, more, more touchdowns, hopefully, and more breakaway runs and explosive uh, plays. That's what I'll say. Well, Jacob, I appreciate you taking time to come on and talk to me this this uh, Saturday evening. Um, I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of these supposed to plays that I did not know was a thing until I was while watching the film, and it's like, okay, this guy has jets. I was not quite really aware of, so uh, it's just, I'm just, but I'm really I'm just really excited to see what, what you and the rest of that receiving core can do because you know, like we touched on there. There's a there's a there's a lot of talent in that room now, and I, I think the offense, um, I, I think will, will be a whole lot more uh, more explosive. So I'm wishing you the best of luck the rest of the off season into spring, uh, into fall camp, and like I said, anytime you want to come back on, you're more than welcome to. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate you. No problem. Thank you, Jacob. So again, I want to thank Jacob for, for taking time to come on and talk to me. Uh, I, again, I just, this is a guy I really think, especially with the new weapons there, uh, the, the, the Danny Armstead, the Tariq Logans, uh, the, then you look at the, the freshman that Coach Curley br- uh, brought in there. I think I think this is a receiving court, right? You get a healthy Madison Ridgeway in there. Uh, if 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 indeed what Jacob said is true about Terrell Davis uh, being in store for a breakout season, I think the, the the offense the offense should should definitely hit some more bigger plays. Should definitely be scoring more and more. Is it twenty two points a game? So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jacob and the and the rest of that receiving court does. I, I, I said before, I, I think that that unit. Got great influx of needed talent, of influx of playmakers, and, and I, I can't say enough about but the job there that Coach Curly did in the recruiting period. So, um, like I said, we will be back. I can't tell you when, but we will be back hopefully here soon with some more episodes. Uh, until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, aka JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.